Numbers chapter 7. We're going to read from verse 1 through 9 uh, today. And um, Now it came to pass when Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle that he anointed it and consecrated it and all its furnishings. And the altar and all its utensils, so he anointed them and consecrated them. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of their fathers' houses, who were the leaders of the tribes and over those who were numbered, made an offering. And they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered carts and twelve oxen, cart for every two of the leaders, for each one an ox. They presented them before the tabernacle. So notice what's happening here. The leaders are bringing an offering, and they bring six covered carts, and they bring twelve oxen. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Accept these from them, that they may be used in doing the work of the tabernacle of meeting. And you shall give them to the Levites, to every man, according to his service. So the Lord said, You'll receive these offerings, and you're going to give them to every man according to his service in the tabernacle. So Moses took the carts and the oxen, And gave them to the Levites. Two carts and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon. Notice notice here the breakdown. Two carts and four oxen he gave to the sons of Gershon, according to their service. And four carts and eight oxen he gave to the sons of Merari, according to to their service, according to the authority of Ithamar the son of Aaron the priest, Pay attention to this last verse. But the sons of Kohath, he gave none. He gave none. Kind of appears on the surface like the sons of Kohath getting a little bit slighted on how many oxen and Divided them up according to just how many families were there. And I have a question this morning that I want to ask. Have you ever felt slighted? Have you ever felt slighted? Have you ever felt like you were left out? Of course you have. We all have. At some time in our life, we've felt slighted. We felt like we were maybe last picked or maybe we were left out or somehow we were overlooked. It may have been the end of the year bonus at work and everyone's excited. You come to learn and find out that someone who has been with the company less time or they do less work than what you do receive the same bonus. And what you thought was so special now is not so special. Maybe it was... Uh, you know, it's not uncommon in the process of settling the final wishes of a loved one that at least one sibling is going to feel like they were slighted. They didn't get something that they had their heart set on, and they're unhappy with their inheritance compared to others in the family. Slight happens. Life, whenever life deals out some things to us, sometimes we feel like we get the short end of the straw, the short end of the stick. 
We've all lived long enough to know that in life when those things are dealt out, the things that we want or need are given away, invariably someone gets left out. It may be me, it may be you, it may be someone else, but it's going to happen. Regardless of how bad we may want them or need them, we can find ourselves on the side of being left out, being looked over, passed by, or slighted. And a lot of time and energy, and I'll speak for myself if you don't want to agree with me, can go into not letting hurt or anger or bitterness at being passed over get into my heart. A lot of time and energy can be spent on that. Especially if you really truly believe that God is the one doing the passing out. He's the one controlling what comes out. You look around and you see people whose lives do not match up to what God's desire is for our lives. And you wonder, how is it that they seem so blessed? They seem so prosperous. They have some things that I've really wanted to get my hands upon. It's not a new problem. The psalmist in Psalm 73 and 3, he wrote, I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. He said, I looked around and I saw wicked people and they were being prospered. Verse 7, he said, their eyes bulge with abundance. They have more than heart could wish. And every one of us can think of someone that we know that they have more than their heart even could wish for. It doesn't mean they don't want more, but they have more than enough. And the psalmist is looking around and he's saying, I just don't understand. There's an incongruence here. How is it that I see people that are wicked, people that are not as they should be, but it seems like they're just as blessed or even more blessed in their life. They're being prospered. So he said, I looked and I was confused and I didn't understand. They have more than the heart could wish for. He even goes on to say, what many of us may have thought, but we've never really had the courage to say. In verse 13 through 14, he said, Surely I've cleansed my heart in vain. I've washed my hands in innocence. I've done all of these righteous things. I've done all of the things trying to please God, and it's all been vanity. It's been empty. He says, for all day long, I've been plagued and chastened every morning. And he's asking the question, have I done all of this in vain? He's saying, look over there. Look, they live in abundance. They've been blessed. They are being prospered. And they're wicked. And we know they're wicked. They don't hide what they're doing. How is it that I don't have the same blessings, but instead I find myself carrying a burden? He's asking the question, who, who's really being blessed here? Who's really being taken care of? Who's really being prospered? Can I say right now that not everything in life is as it appears to be? Not everything in this life, there are many, many things that just don't make sense. It is true that there are many things that you don't understand and that I don't understand. 
And regardless of it making sense or our understanding, we have to just put our hand into His hand and we have to trust Him in this journey of life that God knows what is best for you and I. Trusting what He sees that we cannot see. Because I look around and I see some things that just seem to be incongruent in life and I wonder, how is it, God, that so much is happening over there but it just seems like carrying a burden and not a blessing. Has anybody ever felt that way? You looked around and you just, you had to ask the question, like, is all of this going in vain? Why is it that the things I'm praying for, the things I'm asking for, the things that I'm seeking, they're not being handed out to me? Sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Sometimes you're just not going to understand. Sometimes it's not going to be clear. Sometimes it's just going to be the way that life is. And we have to reconcile sometimes that we fellowship with a mystery. We don't always understand why God does what God does. We don't know how or comprehend exactly why he's making the moves that he's making, especially when it comes down to our own lives. Isaiah said in Isaiah 55 and 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. The Lord was saying he sees what we cannot see. He knows what we cannot know. He knows and he sees things that are not evident to us, but to him it's a clear picture. He sees the beginning from the ending, and he sees all of the things in between. He knows everything. And the psalmist understood better when he made it to the house of the Lord because a few verses later in Psalm 73, in verse 17, he said, I until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their end. He said, I understood when I made it to the house of the Lord. Whenever I got a picture of what God sees, I understood a little bit better. It became more clear to me that God knows what I cannot know. And some things were happening that I could not see. We have to see as God sees. Have you ever thought about this verse in Romans 8, 28? Paul wrote, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Now, have you had some bad stuff happen in your life? Just say yes, because it's true. Do you love God? But you've had bad stuff happen. How is that? You see, what Paul was saying, he was not saying the good things work together for good. That's easy to see. He said all things. He didn't say some things. He didn't say occasional things. He said all things. The worst thing in your life right now is still being used for good to you if you love God. All things, the bad things, the good things, the things that are burdens, the things that are blessings. Jesus uses every one of them in our life to work out good in our favor. And we can't see what he sees, but Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who knows what needs to happen in our life. And so it may appear to you that you've been left out. 
You may feel like you've been slighted in some things, but let it be known today that he has not slighted you, that he has not left you out. He has never left you out, and he will never leave you out. Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of your faith. And if you'll trust him, if you'll walk with him, it is not what it appears to be. Jesus has a different perspective on your life and what he's doing in your life. Let's go back to number 7, 1 through 9. It seemed like a simple task for Moses. There were three generations of sons of Levi, and he had to divide these offerings among those sons. You had the eldest son, or the eldest sons of Levi. They were the sons of Gershon. The second oldest sons of Levi were the sons of Kohath, and then the youngest were the sons of Merari. And there were twelve ox and six carts that these leaders of Israel brought as an offering. And these leaders looked around, they saw all of the tabernacle, and they saw everything that was going to have to be moved and transported as they would journey through the wilderness. And so these leaders brought an offering. They got together. They decided, we'll offer these carts and these ox to help move and transport this tabernacle. And so they bring this offering. And the Lord says, yes, that's good. We'll receive that offering. And you, Moses, you make a decision. You give to each one according to their work. And so it seems very easy. Moses should have just been able to give four ox and two carts to each one of these these groups of sons. But He didn't do that. Instead, he chose to give four ox and two carts to the sons of Gershon. And he gave eight ox and four carts to the sons of Merari. Now looking at this, it could seem like that Moses is giving away the portion of the sons of Kohath to the sons of Merari. It looks like Moses is making a grave mistake here, but he chooses to give none. Everyone say, none. None to the sons of Kohath. They got nothing to help them in their tabernacle work. They still had tabernacle work. They still had things they had to do. But they got no carts and no ox. Do you think possibly that they looked around and it wasn't hard to do the math to think that maybe Merari was getting their portion and they might have felt slighted? Do you think the sons of Kohath probably didn't understand why? they were being pointed out and receiving nothing. Do you think that maybe they didn't understand why they were being passed over? Or maybe they looked around and they thought, well, Gershon, the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari, they're, they're going to have a lighter burden and easier time than we are because now we have no ox and no cart. I say they probably could have. But the key is not in the portion that they received. 
the key is in why they received no, no portion. Verse 9 says, Because theirs was the service of the holy things which they carried on their shoulders. They had something special that they were supposed to carry. It didn't change the fact that it was a burden. It was still a burden. But it was something special, the holy things, the things consecrated to God, the things that were set apart to the worship of God, the things that no other man laid his eyes upon except for the priest. These sons of Kohath, they never even really saw the things that they carried. They just knew it was the things from inside of the tabernacle where no man except for a priest went. Their duty, verse 31 of Numbers 3 says their duty included the ark. They got to hold the thing on their shoulder where the presence of God settled upon it. It included their table, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the utensils of the sanctuary with which they ministered, the screen and all the work relating to them. Those are the things that they got to carry. Now the sons of Merari, their duty was transporting the pillars and sockets and cords of the tabernacle. The sons of Gershon had the duty of transporting the boards and the tent, the tabernacle, and the door into the tabernacle. But the sons of Kohath, they carried upon their shoulders the ark, the lampstand, the altars. The Bible tells us that as they carried their burden, they were given a song, a song of the Lord that they were to sing, a song of praise. And so get it, get it into your mind. Imagine this, that, that when they're standing there, they're feeling slighted. They don't understand the burden they're about to have to bear, to carry on their shoulder. They don't understand. They just know it's going to be work and it's going to be a load and they have a song that they're supposed to sing when they carry it. But they were bearing a burden that they didn't understand. But they had a song to sing. They never saw the precious things that they were trusted to carry in their hands. The priest would take all of those things and have it all wrapped up before they came along and took and put it on their shoulder and lifted it up and started to sing a song as they carried it to the next location. They carried a burden they didn't understand. Do you have a burden or have you had a burden that you did not understand? You just didn't know why is this in my life? Why am I carrying this? Why will this not be taken from me? You may feel like you've been slighted. You may feel like you were passed over when God came along walking through the congregation and he decided to heal someone, but he passed you by. Maybe you felt slighted. Or maybe when the Lord came by and he was taking burdens off of people and he left that burden on your shoulder, you felt slighted. But I want to tell you, it was never a slight. It was never being passed by. It was never being looked over because if you are carrying a burden that you don't understand, sometimes the blessing blessing is hidden in that burden because your perspective is limited. 
It's not what it appears to be. Sons of Kohath could have just said, well, we're not going to carry all that. Give us an ox. Give us a cart. They didn't understand what they were carrying on their shoulder. Because the most important things, God trusted Kohath to carry the most precious things that he had chosen. And all they knew was they carried a burden. That's all that they knew. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And every one of us has something that no one else can do. That we are called to do in the kingdom of God. God does not have to explain himself. We cannot see the whole picture, but God does. And he sees the end from the beginning. He sees you, and he knows you. He knows you're sitting down, and he knows you're rising up. He knows you're going in, and he knows you're going out. He knows what you're doing tomorrow on your job. He knows what you're doing when you get home. He knows everything about you. He knows every fiber and molecule of your being. And he knows what is best and works best for your life. And so that burden that you carry, and whenever you look around and you say, I wonder if anybody else is having to bear this kind of burden. That's why the Bible says not to compare ourselves because no. No, we're not all carrying the same thing. But the Lord knows exactly what burden you need left in your life. That that burden will become a blessing to you in the future. If you feel passed by or passed over, leave the results to God. Simon was grabbed out of a crowd. He's watching as Jesus is coming, carrying a cross. And the soldiers grab him out and they force him under that cross and they give him a burden to carry up a hill. And he doesn't fully understand it. He does not know why. He's just Simon the Cyrene. He just happens to be there with his two sons and they call him out and put him under a cross to carry up a hill. He has no idea the importance of the cross that's just been laid upon his shoulder. He has no idea the person whose burden he has briefly lifted up on his shoulder to carry up a hill. Simon carried a burden he did not understand. But that burden changed his life forever. That burden would become a blessing that burden would change his family forever. Mark gives the names of Simon's sons in his gospel, Rufus and Alexander. Rufus and Alexander are right there watching all of this unfold. And Paul, in writing to the church in Rome, we know that this impacted Simon's family because Paul, when he's writing it to the Romans in Romans 16 and 13, he said, you be sure and you greet Rufus for me. You let Rufus know that I'm thinking about him and his mother, which is also mine. You let them know that they've been on my heart and my mind. This burden that was forced upon Simon, that Simon had no understanding of what he was carrying up a hill, the cross that would be the salvation of humanity, the, the person that he was carrying it for, God manifest in the flesh who came to take away the sins of the world. He had no clue what that burden meant. 
with that burden that was forced on him that he didn't choose. It became a blessing to himself and to his entire household. So the question becomes, what are we to do when we have a burden that we don't understand and we're forced to carry it in our life? I want to tell you, you do as the sons of Kohath. You faithfully carry the burden. And you sing the song the Lord has given while you carry that burden. And you go on trusting that he is working all things to your good, including that burden. Because one day that burden may just become the blessing that you never fully understood was right there on your shoulder the entire time. We think blessings and burdens are so far apart. They're not. Sometimes the burden becomes the blessing. Sometimes the thing that you struggle with the most is going to be the thing that changes your life. Zacharias thought his short stature was a problem. He'd been reaching up for things his entire life, trying to pull things off of shelves. He couldn't reach. It was natural to grab a stool, get a little bit higher perspective. When Jesus came through town and the crowd was pressed in around Jesus, Zacharias did the only natural thing he could do if he wanted to see what was going on. He found a local tree. And he climbed up that tree. And he looked. I don't know if he ever even thought about it. I'm sure that he, he probably got made fun of, got picked at about being the shortest Short stuff, short stop. We wrote a whole song about him. He's a wee little man. But because of his short stature, the thing that had plagued him his entire life that forced him to grab a stool to reach for things that other people easily pulled off a shelf, Because he climbed a tree, salvation came to his home that day. That's what scripture says. Had Zacchaeus never climbed a tree, would Jesus have ever seen him? Would Jesus have ever acknowledged the man in the tree? Would Jesus have taken time out and searched through the crowd and said, There's supposed to be a man climb up that tree? He didn't do it, but is Zacchaeus here? I doubt it. What I'm trying to say today is that the burden that you're bearing on your shoulder right now, the thing that you just wish would go away, the thing that you wish the Lord would take from you, and you watch as others have, have had that same thing taken from their life, it seems so easy. Maybe you're like the psalmist. You're looking around. You're saying, how is it they're being so blessed? 
maybe what I'm doing is in vain. I'm wasting my time. I want to tell you that burden, if God's left the burden in your life, there's a reason for the burden. There's a reason that it's there. There was a reason that Kohath was not giving any oxen and not giving any carts. It's because the precious things of God, they could only be carried on the shoulders of a man. As a matter of fact, one man, when he reached out, it was on the ark. The ark was on a cart, and he reached out to stabilize it. What did God do? God struck him dead. His intention was pure. Stabilize the ark. But his action was wrong. God struck him dead. Because it was meant to be carried on the shoulders. Your burden was meant to be carried. If you'll stand with me. The Lord knows what burden you came in with today. He knew who would be here. He knew who would need to hear this message. I wonder if we could take a moment and just trust Him and pray. Maybe there's a burden you've been carrying that you you want to say, God, give me a perspective. Give me your perspective. Let me see what, why am I carrying this burden? Why am I having to endure this? Why am I having to walk? Lord, if nothing else, just give me the strength to carry it. Could we pray for just a moment? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord, you see every burden that is here. You see every person that is under that burden carrying the weight. Lord, you you see and know all about us. God, I pray right now, Lord, the burden you would remove, I pray that you would remove it swiftly. God, the burden that you've intended for us to carry, I pray that you would strengthen us. Give us the strength to carry it. Give us the faith, Lord, to see the burden not as just something we're having to drag around, but, Lord, something that you're allowing in our life to work for our good. The burden can become a blessing to us. I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment and seek the Lord while my wife begins to sing. God, help me to carry this burden.